0: We're turning once again this evening to 1 Kings chapter 17. If you have your Bible, and I hope you do, you can join me there. 1 Kings chapter 17. And we'll read at verse 8. 1 Kings chapter 17. We'll begin at verse 8. And it came to Pat, I'm sorry, verse 8. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful, of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruse. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said. But make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me and after make for thee and for thy son for thus saith the Lord God of Israel the barrel of meal sh- for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the crews of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah and she, And he and her house did eat many days, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the crews of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Let's look to the Lord in prayer once more. Father, we thank you for the word that you've given. We thank you for this book, so graciously inspired and preserved so that we could hold it in our hands. We pray that as we look into it, your spirit would take the things of Christ and show them unto us afresh, and that you'll speak to each heart. Lord, you know where we are. You know what we're doing, what we're thinking, how our day has been, how our week has been. You know all about us. And we pray, Father, that you'll help us to look to you for the wisdom we need. We're so hopeless and helpless when it comes to making right choices. We can't see all that you can see. We only can see our narrow little view of life. And we pray, Father, that you will lift us up above that. Help us to trust in you and the word that you give us. We pray that you'll speak to us and lead us in the way we need to go. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been studying here in the life of Elijah, and we have noticed that Elijah was called by God. Uh, in chapter 17 and verse 1, to go stand before Ahab and to tell him something he didn't want to hear, to take a public stand for the truth. And the Lord had put this in Elijah's heart, and the Lord had sent him to speak to Ahab, the king of Israel. And, and the word was, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. That was a devastating piece of news, because rain was essential to growing the crops defeating the nation, and without rain, there would be a mass confusion and starvation. And this was the word that the Lord sent. Not a pleasant word, but a word that needed to be spoken. So Elijah is a man of faith who is willing to stand up and speak what the Lord has given him in the way of truth to present. And and this is a testimony to us. We're the prophets of our day. Not telling the future, but foretelling the truth that God has taught us. Are we bold like Elijah? And then, after he spoke this word, he was, he was commanded to go to the brook Cherith, in verse 3 of this chapter, that is before Jordan. And God said, it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. And so, uh, big changes in Elijah's life. He was a spokesman for the truth in front of the king. You would think that he might go on from there to do uh, great deeds that are public and and, uh, great uh, ministry around the nation of Israel. But the Lord called him aside, actually put him into hiding, as it were, in a place where he was all by himself. But God knows what he's doing. And he sent Elijah there so that he could teach him some lessons that he needed to learn. He needed to learn that he could trust God no matter what and that his place was to be obedient to the Lord. And so he went there, and the Lord fed him. The ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. But let's notice verse 7. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up. Now, to get anything out of Bible study, you've got to give it some careful attention. The biggest biggest danger, the biggest problem with Christians and their Bible study, number one, is they don't do it. That's the biggest problem. We get busy. We get involved in the things that we feel like we're assigned to do. And we, we're busy about those things. But but we can't pass over the need to meet with the Lord. And that's a great danger. Even in a Christian a Christian's life who's been saved many years. We can drift away from that time alone with the Lord. And when we do, we, we, uh, we begin to head away from God's purpose. But the second greatest danger... The second greatest danger, I think, would be just reading through the Bible without meditating on it. You can be reading chapters or verses each day and going through that that formal procedure of reading God's Word, and that's a beginning. But unless we meditate on the phrases that come our way and put ourselves in the place of the people we're reading about and think about, what would I have done if I was in this situation? What What would I be thinking? Would I be trusting the Lord? Would I be walking with God if I was having the same thing happen in my life? Thinking about what's going on in the passage we're reading and stopping long enough to meditate on every phrase to think about why did the Lord include that? Why did He say it this way? What's the practical application of it to my life? That makes it a valuable Bible study. It's not valuable just to read quickly through passages. That's better than nothing, I suppose, but not much. Because we don't get much out of it unless we meditate on what we're reading. It's better to take a small portion and meditate on it carefully than to say, well, I read ten chapters and I'm making my way, I'm going to read this Bible in six months or a year or whatever our goal might be. Uh, and not think about what it has to say carefully. Um, there's no indication in Scripture that Elijah was worried at all about what was happening with the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in Israel. So there was a, a drought. There would be no rain. And eventually the little, the little uh, stream that fed into the Jordan River that Elijah was, was hidden by, camped by, got less and less and less. Put yourself in his place. Here you are all by yourself, depending on that stream, because God said, You go there, I'm going to take care of you. And as he watched, it got less and less and less until it finally dried up altogether. He can't live without water, even if the ravens continue to bring food. He can't live without the water. And so he's thinking, you know, or maybe he's thinking, you know, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do now? There's no way I can continue to live by this brook. I better make my own plan. I better see where I should go next. I better figure out how to solve this problem. But you see, that's just the opposite of what the Lord intended. The Lord was testing His servant in this condition, just like He tests us, to see if we really believe Him or not. Do we really believe God will be true to His promises and supply our need? The Bible says so. He'll supply all our need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. But we get awfully anxious about it, don't we? As the brook tends to dry up and our particular situation becomes less tenable. And we think, well, something's got to happen here. I've got to do something. Surely the Lord doesn't want me to, 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 uh, to sit here with nothing to drink. And so we set out to fix the problem. But Elijah, there's no indication that Elijah was like that. He trusted in God. And he had a word from God. The Lord had told him, the Lord had told him, go to the brook and thou shalt drink of the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So his only option and his only duty was to do what God told him to do. Even if it didn't fit with what we would call common sense. Well, you can't live next to a brook with no water in it. That's not common sense. But what is uncommon sense is a spiritual sense that God knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And if he's leading us, We sang about that in our opening song this evening. We sang about God leading us along. If He's leading us, then there's no danger that He won't supply our need. So we need to think about this. To have Elijah's peace and contentment. He was content to wait right there by that brook till God said to move. That kind of peace and contentment can only come about as we have confidence in the promises of God. You know, if we're not studying... God's Word, meditating on it, we don't have those promises for ourselves. We can know they're in the Bible. We can know they're true. But we don't have them as a present possession if we're not studying them. We find those promises as we go through the Word of God, carefully meditating on the passages we read. And the Lord shows us what He wants us to know personally from that study. And He He, He speaks to our hearts about the will of God in our life. Now, he may not speak to us from heaven with a voice and say, I need you to go to Cherith, uh, that is before Jordan, and drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. It may not be that kind of direct word, but surely, as we have the, the, the whole counsel of God, he can reveal to us as we read and think and study what he wants us to know personally, what we need for that hour, what we need for that day, what's important for our family. The Lord can show us that, but not unless we're meditating on it. We can come to church and we can hear messages from the Word of God which can help us. But we cannot, we cannot, we cannot leave off that personal communion with the Lord. If we do, we're going to be, we're going to be the poorer for it. If we picture Elijah sitting there thinking about this brook drying up. And as far as we know from the record, not, not worrying about it, just confident in God. The Word of the Lord comes to him again in verse 8. And the word of the Lord came unto him. Notice that the Lord speaks to our need when we have a need. He shows us what we need to do next. And there was something for Elijah to do next. And it's hard to believe it. But here's what it is. Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. What in the world? Lord Zarephath. Zarephath is right in the middle of Gentile country. These are people who hate God. These are pagans. Who don't care about the Jews and would like to do them in mostly. And, and you want me to go there? This was a hundred miles I found out. A hundred miles from Cherith to Zarephath. It was way over on the coast between Tyre and Sidon. It was, and, and it was a town that was occupied by heathen, pagan, unbelievers. And yet God said, that's where I need you to go. You go there. But there's something else about Zarephath. That was where Jezebel was from. And Jezebel, that's her people. That's her place. She was from Zidon. That's where she came from. And we learn about that in, uh, in, uh, in the scriptures that point us to the fact that Jezebel was from Zidon. But the Lord said, that's where you need to go. That's where you need to go and dwell there. And then he adds, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So Elijah, uh, Elijah hears the word from God and he obeys the word. The Bible says, So he arose and went. He arose and went. Are we walking with the Lord? Are we walking with the Lord? Now we may read about somebody in the Bible here who hears this word from the Lord. How did he receive this word? Was it just an audible voice or did God speak to his heart in a a definite way or something? We don't know exactly how the Lord communicated with Elijah. But the Bible says he, he received the word of the Lord. And it came unto him saying this is what you need to do. I believe the Lord does that for all of His people. He's no respecter of persons. He wouldn't lead Elijah step by step and not lead me step by step not lead you step by step if, if, if we're listening. If we're listening. Are we just going through the things that we normally do? Our normal daily routine. Our normal spiritual routine of coming to church services and so forth. The things we do. Uh, Those are important to do those things. But are we just doing them because that's what we've been doing? Or what's our habit? Or what we've found to be comfortable in our life? and, And so we keep doing these things? Or is the Lord leading us? Is the Lord leading us? Brother Benny prayed in his prayer about Not being able to speak a word sometimes, we feel, to people that need to hear a word. We know they need a word from the Lord, but we don't know what to say. We don't know how to communicate it or we just hold back because we're not sure. Part of the reason that occurs is we're not in the word of God. Part of the reason that occurs. if If our hearts are filled with God's promises, we'll have the word to speak to somebody who needs it. The Lord will show the way. He'll open the door. We won't have to force it open. He'll show the way. And if we're not walking with the Lord, if we're not in that close communion with God, then we don't know what to say. We'll say something out of our own head and it'll, it'll be awful. It'll, it may be the, even the truth, but, it, but it, won't find a, it won't find a place in the heart and mind of the other person because it wasn't exactly what the Lord wanted said at that point. And, and walking with the Lord is the key to being an effective witness. If we're, if we're ineffective, we find our soul is lean and our, and our, our service for the Lord seems un- unfruitful everywhere we turn. We need to get back to the book. We need to get back to that communion with the Lord. How do we establish it? We have to do like Elijah did and pay attention to the word of the Lord. Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. What? That is contrary to common sense. To go to the enemy's land place where Jezebel has all her allies, that's where they're from, and I'm going to go stay there, that seems seems, uh, completely contrary to human reason. But sometimes the Lord will lead us in ways that are contrary to our human reasoning. We may think, well, this makes practical sense and that makes practical sense and it looks like this is something we ought to do or not do. We need to take it to the Lord because we don't know what He wants. And we don't know unless we go to Him for it. Have you found out that using your own practical human reasoning often leads to wrong conclusions? You, you, you pick something you think seems to be workable, and it's not. You try something that seems to be reasonable, but it doesn't. it doesn't come out well. Well, we need to take it to the Lord. We need to be taking it to the Lord. Not only in our private time of study of God's Word, but throughout the day. Looking to him, humbly asking him to give us that word from heaven. To show us the direction to go. So we can be in the place, doing what God wants us to do in the time that he has for us. He says, it says in verse 9, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So as he's making this hundred mile trip from Cherith, into the land of the enemies of Israel, as he's going there, he's thinking about God's supply. What is God's supply? Well, God says there's a widow woman there, and she's going to take care of me in the midst of a famine. A widow woman who doesn't have a, doesn't have a husband, doesn't have you know any uh, material means of her own. She she in widows in those days would be penniless. And, Unless they had a family that was taking care of them. And this widow was going to take care of God's servant, Elijah. And as he's walking along thinking about that, you know, I'm sure he's wondering, how is she going to do anything for me? How is she going to help me at all? How is she ever going to do do for me what I need? That doesn't even seem possible. And yet God said it would happen. God said he would supply the need. Well, many times we look into the checkbook or the bank account and we say, well, How is this going to work? There's nothing there. It's not enough there to meet what looks like the needs that are coming along. How can my family be provided for? How can my needs be met? And yet the Lord says, you just go ahead and do what I've given you to do. You go ahead and do what I have commanded you to do. And let me take care of the rest of that. The Bible says, seek ye the Lord and His righteousness Seek ye the Lord and his righteousness, and all these things, all these temporal things will be added unto you. And we can testify to that, but it's still, we still get anxious about it, don't we? We still get anxious about it, and we're worried about it, we wonder about it, and we spend a lot of time thinking about it. When God says, I'm going to take care of you, I might even use a widow woman to do it. I, I, can, I can work through all kinds of circumstances to get you exactly what you need if you're walking with me. If you're, if you're going where I'm telling you to go. If you're doing what I'm telling you to do. So how do we know? How do we know? Well, we listen to the word of God. I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went. He obeyed God. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold the widow woman was there. So here's, he meets this widow woman. Don't you don't you don't don't fail to stop and see God's hand in all this. He walks into this town, and as he comes to the town, the very woman that God has ordained to help him is right there. He doesn't have to go through town asking, uh, Oh, is there any widow women around here that, uh, that might be interested in putting me up for a while? Uh, uh, how can I find, put advertisement in the paper in the, in the town, you know, and, and try to figure out where she is and do all this research and go on the Internet and everything and figure out where the widow women live? We don't have to do all that. God knows where she is, and the Lord was working on both ends of the problem. He always is. He brought Elijah to the town, and he brought the widow woman to Elijah. Right there at the edge of the town, he brought them together. That's how the Lord works. That's how he works. He knows exactly what we need, and he can make the arrangements. It uh, takes a weight off of our shoulders when we realize this. The widow woman was there gathering of sticks. So Elijah approaches us. He says, oh, there's a widow woman. And, uh, but look at her. She's out here just picking up sticks. She doesn't even have a servant to go around and pick up the firewood for her. She's out here by herself picking up sticks. She must be truly, truly destitute. And she was. And she was. But he's looking on that situation. He, he may have thought may have crossed his mind. Well, how in the world can a woman like this sustain me? She can barely sustain herself. And, but he says to her, he gives her a test, as it were. He says, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water and a vessel that I may drink. Reminds me of Abraham's servant who went to find a bride for Isaac. And and uh, he he said uh, he prayed about it and he said let the let the damsel that the Lord has chosen come out and water the camels and and Rebecca did she came out and watered the camels and gave him drink and it was an answer to his prayer and it revealed the heart of the young woman that God had for Isaac but here we see the same kind of thing this heart the heart of this woman is revealed by this question fetch me I pray thee a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And she starts off to get it as she was going to fetch it. He called to her and said, Oh, by the way, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. Now, from her perspective, think about this woman. She doesn't have any bread. She has a little bit of meal and a little bit of oil. She's, she's, she's getting the sticks to make their last meal. She and her son, that's all they had. They were going to eat their last meal and die. She says that here in a, in a moment. But she hasn't said it yet. But... But right here, when this second, this second request comes, can you imagine from her perspective, she's thinking about what they have in their home, and here's a man saying, not only do I want something to drink, I want something to eat as well. From her, from her. And yet God tests us this way. He tests our faith this way, like He tests the faith of this woman. Can we believe God, even when He requires something that looks like it's impossible for us to do? Impossible for us to do. Uh, Can we trust him? Can we trust him to provide? Even in that situation? And so she says to him, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. Behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat and die. Well, a couple of things to notice about this. She was truly destitute. But also notice that she was willing to do what was in front of her to do. She wasn't sitting at home. In despair, saying, oh, it's no use you know, making any more meals because we don't have much left. She was doing what she could do. You see, God was sending Elijah to her to help her through this whole famine to provide exactly what she needed for her. She, she and her son and her household. She was going to have what she needed. But she needed to obey God and go ahead and do what was right in front of her. What can I do? Well, I got a little bit of meal and a little bit of oil. I can go get a couple sticks. I can make a meal. And she was doing what she ought to do, what was right in front of her to do. And very often, we try to look down the road and say, well, what's the use? What's the use? Because down the road, it's it's a disaster. It looks like everybody's dying. It's, It's all over. There's no need to even try anymore. There's no need to even go out and get any sticks. Why waste the time? But she didn't. She just did what God gave her to do. And if we do what God gives us to do, right in front of us to do, just keep doing it, Till the Lord shows us different, he provides what we need. So here was Elijah standing there in front of her. She didn't know this man. She could tell he was a foreigner. He was a Jew. He was not from Zidon. She could she didn't know this man from anyone. But she was doing what God had said in front of her to do. And in her heart, she wanted to be helpful. She wanted to be a, 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 a an encouragement or at least a, ministry, a minister to his need. And so she was going to get this water. And he stops her. As she walking away, and he says, Bring me a little cake, uh, or bring me a, a morsel of meat, a bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. and a Behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it, for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. Elijah said unto her, Fear not. Go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me. And after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail, till the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. When she heard that word, and she heard it from a man that she, even though she did not know Elijah, she could sense that this was a word from heaven, this was a word of God to her. She took heart. She took heart, I believe, at these words. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste. This was God's promise. Neither shall the crews of oil fail. God was going to make sure of it until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. So she went and did, according to the saying of Elijah. She acted on what she believed to be the promise of God given to her through this man. He spoke these words, and she could sense something about it. The Spirit of God, something convinced her that this was accurate, this was right. And she went ahead and acted on it. She went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and her house did eat many, many days. As we as we look at this situation, what are we supposed to glean from it? Well, there's so many things here, more than we have time to cover. But we need to glean from it at least this: that our service to the Lord is connected. It's connected to obedience to God. I think about. I think about 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 if you care to look at it with me or 2nd Corinthians chapter 1 rather if you care to look there. 2nd um, Corinthians chapter 1 we read something about our service to God and it's a service that we render to the Lord and to others around us. In 2nd Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3 we read Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. In other words, the only way we can grow in our ability to be a comfort to other people, truly a real comfort to them, is to go through tribulations ourselves. We have to go through them and find God's comfort, and God's comfort then becomes a word that we can share with someone else. Those, those things are related. We have to have troubles. Just like this, this situation of the, the famine in the land and Elijah needing to eat and this woman running out of food and all of these tribulations here. The Lord was working in all of that to teach Elijah something, to teach this woman something, and to teach us something by recording it in His word. The Lord provided for their need. And we can look at the story and say, well, yeah, yeah, the Lord provided for their need. Uh, That's interesting and historically important, but what about me? What about my need? Well, the Bible teaches through this that the Lord will send exactly what we need, what you need, what I need, exactly. And when we think about it, hasn't he done that? As we look back over our life, can't we see where the Lord has sent exactly what we needed? Many times it it, was, it looked desperate. It looked like the situation was impossible. But the Lord worked it out. And we can trust Him, just like this woman could trust the word from Elijah. We can trust the Lord. We can gather that from these words. We can also gather from these words that God tests us. He tests us to see if our faith is real. You know, the Lord wants us to walk by faith. It's interesting to note that the Lord did not provide a cart that delivered every day a great big barrel of meal, or once a week, or even once a month. A big amount of meal. No, it was just that little handful of meal, but it kept replenishing. It kept replenishing. The Lord didn't send a a, a delivery person around with a big container of oil periodically so they would have a lot, you know, and plenty to not worry about it. No, it was just a little bit in a cruise, and it kept pouring out every time they poured out. It'd pour out some more. It'd pour out some more. But there never was a lot. There never was a whole lot. But God supplied the need. Can you identify with that? That there never was a whole lot, but God supplied the need. I think we can see that. The Lord doesn't send more than we can manage. He sends what we can manage for His glory. And just enough so that we'll continue to walk by faith and not by sight. If you could see a big barrel of meal over here and a big barrel of oil over there, would you pray? Would you think about the Lord? Would you even worry about what He wants you to do? No, you wouldn't. And that's the way we are. We have a lot. We have a lot. This country is blessed with material blessings. We have a lot. and Many times that, that diminishes our faith in God because the lot that we have, we're not employing it for the Lord's glory. And so we're just enjoying it for ourselves. And there's no need for the Lord if you've got all the meal and all the oil that you need there's no need for it but something else we can learn from this is that the meal and the oil were essential Elijah and this woman in her household needed both the meal and the oil she needed both of those to make the food that would feed their soul and you can't help but see the Lord Jesus Christ in this the meal is a picture of the bread from heaven the Lord Jesus who was a corn of wheat who fell into the ground and died And then that corn of wheat was ground in the mill of God's judgment upon the cross to make the bread that was the bread of life. And the Lord Jesus Christ is that bread. And of course the oil speaks of that Holy Spirit that God gives to His people. And we need them both. We need the Lord and we need His Spirit to do what we need to do each day. They're essential. We've got to have both. And that's pictured here as well. So many things here. Um, The Lord doesn't, doesn't fit... Um, the Lord doesn't fit in my will into His plans. The Lord doesn't do that. He calls me to be obedient to Him. And there is something in this story about that. The The link between obedience and service. The link between obedience and service. We call ourselves, if we're saved, servants of the Lord. You know, I serve the Lord. But the only way to serve the Lord is obeying His voice. That's the only way. And when I'm not obeying his voice, I'm no longer a servant. I'm running my own show. And we need to, we need to see that, that connection because it's very easy to overlook it or to think that, well, you know, yeah, I'm not really obeying the Lord in some things. I know I'm not doing that, but, uh, but I'm still serving the Lord. No, you're not. No, I'm not. You're not still serving the Lord. You're serving yourself. And, and that was an awakening, a rude awakening that the Lord gave to me as I was reading this was you can't, you can't have it both ways. You can't have your will and God's will. You stop being a servant when you stop obeying my voice. Well, I don't know what the voice of the Lord is. Well, get in the book. Get in the book and let Him show you what He wants you to do with your life. What a blessing it was today to have Brother Eric Payne here talking to our student body. We had all the students up here. He was talking about what God had called him to do in Ukraine and it's delivering humanitarian aid and he's been able to be a real help to the people there who are going through such suffering. But you know what the greatest thing about what he had to say was is how the Lord led him there. He realized as he was, he was you know living his life and doing his business and had, he said he has had, his, had his trucks and had his boat and had his house and had these things that, that something wasn't right. The Lord wanted him to do something different. And he finally decided that he, he was going to help people. The Lord wanted him to help people somehow. And he didn't know how, but he told his boss that he was going to quit in a couple of weeks. He gave his notice, and he was going to quit. The boss asked him, well, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to enter, enter into a ministry. And uh, the boss said, what kind of ministry? And Eric said, I don't know. I don't know. I just know the Lord wants me to be doing something different than I'm doing right now. Something to help people. And the Lord led him through a series of circumstances, doors that he opened and doors that he closed to end up where he is right now working over there in that country. And that was amazing. It was an amazing testimony to how the Lord leads. And here we're talking about the same thing, how the Lord leads, how he took care of Elijah and took care of this woman. And the Lord led him to this place where he could minister for the Lord in this home. That's amazing. And The testimony that Eric brought was a testimony of God's working in his life. But what about my life? What about your life? Is the Lord doing anything there? Is there anything happening there? Is God leading us? Are we just sort of motoring along, doing what we do, and with very little thought for what the Lord has in mind? I'm not saying the Lord's going to take us all to Ukraine or that we're supposed to go halfway around the world to be spiritual. I'm just saying that if we're not in tune with the Lord individually, if we are not studying His Word and meditating carefully upon it, letting the Lord speak to our hearts and asking Him to show us what we are to be doing and what He wants us to be involved in, not what He wanted last year or a few years ago, but what He wants today. What does the Lord want today? Do we care about Him enough? to to spend that time with Him, He went to that cross and suffered and died in our place. He gave everything, everything that the eternal, almighty God could give. He gave everything so that we could have that communion with Him. And sometimes we just brush it off and don't even participate. That's a shame. That's a shame and it's our loss because the Lord wants to lead us to the right place to provide for us just like He did for these people if we're willing to seek His face. Now, if we do that, the Lord will bless that. There's no way, there's no way we can lose if we trust the Lord. Let's stop there and pray. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful that as we read these things in the Word of God, they can become real to our hearts. We can reflect upon them and we can learn something about Your watch care over each one of us. There hath not failed one word of all your good promise. You will take care of us. You will meet the need in every life. Father, we pray that you'll help us to to get hold of these things, or rather that these things would get hold of us, and we would be willing to come to you daily with a humble heart, asking you to show us your will, to show us where we should be throughout the day, what we should be doing And the folks that perhaps we could speak to that would would be a blessing, that we can share with them the comfort you've given our hearts in that secret place of prayer and and Bible study. We could share that with them, and they can be built up in the truth. We pray you'll show us how that can happen for every single one of us. We ask that you'll meet the need in every life, for we pray it in Jesus' name.